0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Morgan Stanley Ideas Podcast. Today on the show, can green buildings be great for the environment, great to look at, and great for the people inside the building? We all know the three R's. Reduce, reuse, recycle. PSAs about recycling cans or tips like sealing your windows in the winter, those have been around since the 1970s. But what about constructing an entire building that embodies the values of sustainability? In this week's episode, we explore the concept of high-performance buildings, buildings that are sustainable, a joy to be inside, and also help the bottom line. Our producer paid a visit to the Bullitt Center in Seattle, Washington. It's a six-story Class A office building in the Capitol Hill neighborhood, and it's also one of the greenest buildings in the world.
1: We're actually standing on what is technically a street in between uh, the park, which is uh, McGilver Place, and the Bullet Center, which we humbly call the greenest
0: commercial building in the world. That's our tour guide today, Brad Kahn. He has been the head of communications for the Bullet Center for nearly a decade, from when the project was just a wild idea. You know, if uh,
1: maybe five years ago, if you had said I was going to do a six-storey office building in Seattle powered only by the sun, people would say, you're crazy. Uh, but last year we generated 28% more energy than we used for everything in this building from only the solar panels on our roof. So, you know, if we can do it in Seattle, uh, you know, what's up, New York? Why wouldn't you just be doing it everywhere?
0: The designers of the Bullet Center wanted to create a commercial building that could generate enough energy to sustain itself, But that wasn't their only goal. They wanted to create a space that was fabulous to work in and a model that could inspire companies to think differently about what an office building can be. To do that, they knew they would need to be seen. So even when creating a futuristic building, they relied on the oldest proverb in real estate. Location, location, location.
1: We wanted to site the building in a very high-traffic area because the whole purpose of building the Bullet Center was to show people what's possible. So we didn't want it hidden in a corner of the city that no one would ever see. So we picked the one street that connects uh, Elliott Bay, which is Puget Sound to the west, with Lake Washington to the east. And so it's it's a major thoroughfare uh, in the city of Seattle. And we had to be outside of the downtown core uh, for primarily economic reasons because the land values in downtown assume you're going to put a a skyscraper in, maybe 40, 50, 60 stories, depending on the zoning of that site. And, you know, we could not do net zero energy for a 50-story building. It just, the state of solar right now doesn't allow that kind of energy production uh, on site.
0: So how do you produce all that energy sustainably by looking at a roof and seeing something more?
1: Uh, We call the roof the mortarboard, almost like the, the... the cap that you would wear if you were graduating from high school or from college uh, because it extends out beyond the edge of the building uh, like a mortarboard extending out beyond the edge of your head. And uh, the reason for that is, again, to try to generate as much electricity as we use. And so we filled the entire site. With solar panels, they just happen to be about seven stories up in the air.
0: All those rooftop solar panels provide a lot of energy, but they don't affect the lives of the people working inside the building. Keeping tenants happy is just as important as keeping the materials green.
1: So when we look at the west side of the building, we see really large windows. And and there's lots of reasons for really large windows. People are more productive when they have natural daylight, uh, and not just more productive, but healthier. Uh, those windows open to allow fresh air in, but the first driving concern with the windows was how do we maximize the use of daylight, even in cloudy Seattle, so that we can minimize the use of electric lights. So even in December when it's kind of cloudy out, you really don't need much um, artificial electric lighting during the daytime.
2: To me, a high-performance building is a building that both embodies energy efficiency and a high-quality environment for the people that inhabit the building. So incorporates both the natural environment from the exterior, utilizing as many of those resources as possible, and also creating a connection for the people that work there or heal there to the exterior environment so there's a reciprocal relationship.
0: That's Heather Burpee. She's a research associate professor at the University of Washington's Integrated Design Lab. Heather has made a career out of studying high-performance buildings that are both healthy for the environment and healthy for the people inside of them. Lucky for her, she also works inside a high-performance building. Her office is in Seattle's Bullitt Center. The purpose of
2: building this building is to show that these things that we perceive as really, really hard to implement are actually possible, and, and you know it gets back to why I'm so excited to work here is that this is a unique example, but it doesn't have to be the only example.
0: In order for the Bullet center to not be the only building of its kind, green builders work with a common set of sustainability metrics. But first, let's define the most basic goal of green design. I think green
2: design, in general, it has to do with energy efficiency, water efficiency, how buildings are incorporated into the urban fabric and create a sense of place, how they embody the needs of the occupants and utilize the natural environment, the exterior environment to their advantage.
0: Now that we've established the ABCs of green building, let's get into the details of green building rating systems. Walking around any American city, you'll see some new offices or apartment buildings that have a circular crest on the exterior, which means they have LEED certification.
2: So there are a lot of different certification systems in the building sector for sustainability or energy performance or high performance. Uh, One of those rating systems is LEED, which is Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. It's a checklist system where you can can kind of choose which attributes you want to include and you show that you're designing it to those attributes. But it's predominantly not based in post-occupancy or after the building is opened measurement and verification.
0: LEED is all about what you do in the building stage. Out of a long list of sustainability features, you have to incorporate a certain number of those into your building in order to have the certification but LEED doesn't relate to what happens after people are occupying the building. For that, there are much more demanding certifications.
2: Others include the Living Building Challenge, the 2030 Challenge, and they all are striving to make buildings better, but they're doing it in different ways. And so... Uh, For example, the Living Building Challenge is a performance-based metric, which means you don't just say that you're going to design a building to a certain performance metric. You actually have to show that after the building is open and operating, that it's working in the way that you said
0: it would. The Living Building Challenge is one of the most rigorous sustainability certifications, and it's also what the Bullet Center team had in mind when constructing their own building. In order to satisfy the challenge, you need a building that's entirely self-sufficient, that's healthy for its occupants, and also beautiful to look at. So how do you hit all these standards? You use a new working style called integrated design, where professionals of different disciplines work very closely together to design a building.
2: In a typical and somewhat older kind of work style, architects would think about what's the form of the building, what's the different kinds of program that need to be in the building and design that. And then engineers would then need to facilitate the ability to heat it and cool it and provide fresh air within it. And those were somewhat separate siloed tasks. And in a building like this, where the exterior environment and the interior environment are very closely coupled, And there are very, very aggressive goals for things like energy and water. Those professionals had to work very closely together and work in a way that each of their disciplines were contributing towards that common goal in order to have a successful result. And it's a new working style in building design. And it's one that I think will need to become more common in order to have more buildings like the Bullet Center.
0: A lot of the greenest elements in the Bullet Center are surprisingly low-tech. They stress sunlight over electric lights, use plants outside the building to filter rainwater, and, believe it or not, turn human waste from the tenants into compost. But despite these low-tech innovations, many believe green building is prohibitively expensive. Here's Heather again. There's a
2: perception that green building costs more in the first cost capital
0: construction space. That perception may be true, but there's money to be saved
3: and made over time. So what we found in our research is that energy efficiency gains provide benefits for building owners and tenants. And also... Although it also requires significant ump- upfront capital investment, we are also seeing that there is um, the attractive returns are typically generated through energy savings. This is Fatih Dembele. She's a research associate
0: on the Morgan Stanley sustainability team. She and her team spent months digging into the green construction industry and came away convinced it's primed for serious growth. They cite three key reasons. Number one... In the long run,
3: green buildings can end up saving serious money. Energy is the single largest operating expense for commercial buildings at up to 30%. And we've seen that installing improvement to reduce wasted energy in those buildings can lower the total cost of ownership by up to 50%. So we think that commercial buildings clients are really willing to reduce their cost and use those types of energy efficient solutions
0: so money talks as it always does but so do lawmakers and Fati and her team think government regulation will be a boon for green construction over the next several years
3: we expect two types of policies that could actually change the game first stricter building codes in emerging markets and second, renovation policies in developed markets. And government can actually implement tighter mandatory energy performance standards. So we've, we we were interested to know that uh, right now only two-thirds of global building energy use is still not subject to any energy performance standards for appliances and equipment. So there's much more that can be done on that level and governments and regulation could also help to increase the demand for energy-efficient appliances and equipments in buildings. And then there's Fati's third reason
0: why we can expect a surge of green buildings, technology. Like so much in our lives, green buildings will increasingly be automated
3: and far more efficient than their traditional counterparts. And we've seen that intelligent building systems can typically have energy consumption. So we think that there's a a high growth for commercial building automation systems as well.
0: Let's recap Fatih's three predictive factors for the increased global demand in green building solutions. Energy costs, government regulation, and technological progress. Heather Burpee adds yet another reason, a huge but often overlooked operational cost. If we think about operational costs
2: for building owners and especially for owner-occupied buildings like hospitals or schools or the governmental buildings that are across the country,
0: the big cost is for the people they employ. Heather means employee salaries and what it costs to retain your talent by keeping them happy at work. That leads to we should be building buildings that help the people that work
2: there in the best way possible. That they support the work that's being done. So the people that work there are happy, productive, and supported by the environment that they're in all day. So if we ha- if we think of the capital expenditure in buildings as part of the support system for employees, then the economics, Um, is an important thing to look at and turnover rate of employees, happiness, the quality of work environment, and frankly, the productivity of how much work they can get done within the workday.
3: Energy efficient buildings are designed to have healthier, cleaner, indoor environmental quality, which means health benefit for occupants. And this can also help achieve lower operating costs. That's Fati again. So if well-designed, energy-efficient
0: buildings are great for the people who own them and for the people inside them, what about the rest of us?
3: When you zoom out, what kind of impact do they have? So we think that energy efficient provides benefits for building owners and tenants, but it also provides economic benefits for national economies, and specifically in terms of uh, productivity and job creation. So first of all, when you have better indoor air quality, this results in higher productivity levels in uh, buildings. So we've seen a study done by Zumtobel, There is a lighting company that said that environmentally certified buildings have a positive impact on staff well-being with up to 3% to 3 fewer sick days per employee per year. And also we found that um, energy efficient buildings can also help simulate job creation with the EU commission estimating that for every 1 million euros spent on energy efficiency, about 20 jobs are directly supported in the energy efficiency industry.
0: Job creation, government regulations, global demands, and financial markets. These are large-scale economic factors governments and large corporations consider when it comes to investment choices. But what about the choices for consumers? Let's return to Seattle, home of some very large tech companies who all fight for the top engineering talent. Brad sounds a little out of breath here because he's climbing the bullet center stairs, which are built to encourage exercise throughout the day.
1: And so we've heard from a number of tenants that they wanted to be in this building because you know they, they like the environmental story we're trying to tell. But they also feel like this is a, a way to differentiate from a lot of the a lot of the companies are in more generic office parks. And if you're choosing between two companies, and one's in the greenest commercial building in the world that's in a walkable neighborhood and lots of natural daylight and fresh air and the others in a generic office park in the suburbs, uh, you know, they think it's a way to attract and retain the best employees.
2: I think the Bullet Center can provide an example to other professional designers to help elucidate that it is possible to build a building like this and that it doesn't have to cost an inordinate amount, and it acts and feels like a fantastic place to work.
0: Thanks for listening to the Morgan Stanley Ideas Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the research discussed in this podcast, such as the paper Building Energy Efficiency, you can check out morganstanley.com slash ideas. If you want to listen to previous episodes, you can check out Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Ashley Miltite. Till next time.